Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not a, we're not a music station? Okay, well, uh, very well. Uh, that song, though, encapsulates exactly what I'd like to discuss with you here for the next little while. Uh, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to Live Mike here on KSL News Radio. The news time is 2.07. I would like to throw something out there. And I, I have been, as I've had this conversation with others here in the newsroom throughout the morning, uh, they have, and throughout the early afternoon, I have been called overly optimistic and maybe even naive. But last night, I was reviewing some of the statements made in a NASA event yesterday where speakers included Vice President Mike Pence, uh, NASA Administrator Bridenstein, plus uh, astronauts. There was an introduction made of the 18 astronauts, half of them women, who will all train for the Artemis missions. Yeah, the Artemis missions are designed to put uh, men and women back on the moon. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. Do do you know the name of the last person to step foot on the moon? Yeah, Gene Cernan. Eugene Cernan was the last person to step foot on the surface of the moon. Happened on December 14th, 1972. December 14th, 1972. We are bound to return. And yesterday, as I was reviewing some of the comments made by the vice president, by the administrator, by uh, some of the astronauts who have, who have touched the sky, I thought to myself of all the things that had happened over this year, 2020. And I have a pretty bold prediction. I'm going I'm to write it down and I'll touch, ba- I'll touch base in uh, 10 or 20 years and see if I was correct. But I think that there is a chance, even a good chance, That in 10, 20, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, as we look back on the year 2020, it will be defined not by the pandemic, not by the coronavirus, not by COVID-19, not by old Aunt Rona rolling into town, but rather by the remarkable leaps forward in space exploration. Here's what I mean. Our space program, NASA, has from its inception, been almost wholly reliant on the government itself. When the shuttle program ended, it was the the Russian space program on which we relied, the Soyuz rocket, to blast our uh, men and women astronauts into outer space and to uh, rendezvous with the International Space Station. This year, that changed. We are back in the business of space travel. We are back in the business of space travel. This year, 2020, marks a giant leap forward in that NASA 
a public institution, has now in a real sense, a real productive and effective sense, partnered with the private sector, most specifically SpaceX. SpaceX is now able to, for a fee, launch American astronauts into outer space. That will change the trajectory of humanity. Now, that might sound like a grandiose assertion. But the trajectory of space exploration and our role as Americans in, the, the, in that endeavor is forever changed now that there is a proven, a proven partnership between uh, public and private endeavor. All right, let's go back to yesterday. During this event, again, where 18 astronauts were named by NASA to to train for the Artemis moon landing program, Vice President Pence spoke during the opening statements. Again, this was in Florida uh, at a meeting of the National Space Council. Welcome to the eighth meeting of the National Space Council. Men and women who have revived American leadership in space. It's a particular pleasure to be back here in Florida on the Space Coast and also to be here at the world's premier gateway to space. Join me in thanking the Kennedy Space Center and Director Bob Cabana for their tremendous hospitality and leadership for space. Before we go too much further, I want you to hear this portion of the remarks delivered by Vice President Pence during this meeting of the National Space Council just yesterday. Uh, in, In addition to announcing the names of the 18 astronauts, and we'll talk about one of them in particular in just a moment. In addition to announcing the 18 astronauts that will train to return to the moon, uh, Vice President Pence also reflected back on the passing of Chuck Yeager. Let me at least acknowledge uh, the passing of an extraordinary American whose life and contributions to American aviation have undoubtedly led to inspire the advances that we've made in the vast expanse of space. This past Monday, America lost one of our greatest heroes, one of the greatest heroes not just in the history of the United States Air Force, but in the history of American aviation, General Chuck Yeager. He was a man of a a humble background, grew up in rural West Virginia, enlisted in the military, would go on to become one of the greatest aviators of all time. General Yeager had the right stuff. There's a book, there's a movie, there's now a Disney Plus series called The Right Stuff, and all of it is thanks to the spirit exemplified by Chuck Yeager. It was uh, wholly appropriate that Vice President Pence make mention of him yesterday. And then, and then, not long after the mention of Chuck Yeager, Vice President Pence went on to list the names of the men and women who will train to return to the moon. One of the names, and I was way, I was holding my breath. I so wanted to hear this name, Johnny Kim. I want to talk about him for just a moment. Johnny Kim. If there is anyone, if there is anyone whose career you might want to exemplify or encourage your children to pattern their life's choices after, uh, it would be Johnny Kim. Let me hear just real quickly, and I have just 30 seconds, but let me give you the brief summary of the Johnny Kim resume. Again, a man who has been selected to train to return to the moon. Johnny Kim uh, from California uh, joined the Navy. During the early days of his time in the Navy, he trained, became a Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL sniper, as a matter of fact, ultimately finding himself uh, in the battlefield where he would conduct and participate in over 100 missions, earning uh, a whole chest full of hardware, 
You name an award, he likely earned it. When he was done, when he was done, he thought, you know what? Maybe I next ought to become a doctor. (laughs) Yeah, so Navy SEAL, he goes on to become a doctor. But not just that, he goes to Harvard Medical School. From Navy SEAL to Harvard, he emerges from Harvard with a medical degree, a medical doctor he becomes, and he practices some medicine for a time. And then, almost on a lark, someone says to him, hey, you know, NASA, NASA's looking for astronauts. So Navy SEAL Dr. Johnny Kim fills out the requisite paperwork, sends it off to NASA, and it was announced in 2017 that he was among the class of astronauts to join NASA's ranks. The most recent announcement bearing Johnny Kim's name is one that he will be training to return to the moon for the first time since 1972. Admirable stuff. If you're looking for a life story uh, to to learn and read about, Johnny Kim, uh, along with the other 17 astronauts who have been selected to train, uh, there's a lot of good and exemplary deeds and accomplishments among that crop of fine Americans. Quick break. When we return, we're talking about movies. Robin Garfield, producer of The Movie Show, will join us, give us a little behind-the-scenes look at what's happening with holiday movies this holiday season. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.